I don't know who your heroes are, but usually we all have some kind of heroes. But I want you to go a little deeper in that, that thought process. And, and I want to ask you, what makes your hero your hero? What are the character traits that they have that, that inspire you to look up to them? Um, my heroes are the ones always who left everything on the field. They're the ones that gave it their all. They're the ones that, that in spite of obstacles, in spite of circumstances, they went to the mat every time. Th- those are my heroes. Uh, they're not perfect. Uh, sometimes they fail. Sometimes they don't succeed. But those are my heroes. And their motto was, or maybe is, good isn't good enough. They wanted to give everything they had. Well, only giving their best is good enough, and they kept trying giving it all. And actually, in the last year or two in my prayer life, I, I have my own heroes. I'll tell you who my heroes are. And it's not wrong of me to do this, but I'm not, I'm not looking to be Iron Man by any shape or mean. Does anybody know who Iron Man is? <laughs> I don't want to be Iron Man, but I want to have some characteristics of Iron Man, but my Iron Man is, is Abraham. And sometimes I say, Lord, I want to have the faith of Abraham, and I want to have the humility of Moses. I want to have the strength of Samson. I, I know Samson's not a, actually an ideal guy, but man, he had strength, and I, I admired that about him. Then at the last moment of his life, the thing that he wanted to do was have strength again to get on to God's enemies. And I want to have, I pray, I can have the heart of David. Not only the heart of David, I really want the wisdom of Solomon. And I pray sometimes, Lord, I want the spirit of Elijah in me. I don't want to go through this life, my Christian walk, passionless, but I want to have his spirit on me. And I want to have the love of Jesus. Jesus had this incredible love for people, and I fail miserably at it. And that's why he is my hero, and I want to have his love. And I also want to have the boldness of Stephen. And I'm going to answer that phone right now just to say hi. No, no, that's all right. I have heroes because good isn't good enough when it comes to character traits. They're my heroes, and I want to be like them. Were they perfect? No. Did David cheat on his wives? Yes. Did Samson blow it? Yes. Did Abraham take 30 years to get to where he was supposed to get? Yeah. These guys had feet of clay, and you know what? That makes me feel better because I have feet of clay. But there's an amazing thing about them. They still kept giving their best. They wanted to do their most, leaving it out on the field, giving it their all, giving it their best. That's what I want to do. In fact, I have a slide for you where it says, good isn't good enough if you haven't given it your all. Good isn't good enough if you haven't given it your all. In fact, here's our core value. We've been going through our core values in our church. What is the DNA of this church body? And here's core value number seven. Christians should strive for excellence because it glorifies God and it inspires your brothers and sisters in Christ. When you leave it all on the field, when you give it all that you've got, when you look not behind you but only forward, It inspires those around you. It gives glory to God. And Christians should 
have just a, a hunger for excellence. Now, this concept, if you want to say it that way, you want to say philosophy, this principle is found throughout the New Testament. In fact, in Colossians 3.23, you don't have to turn there, but let me read it for you. It says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily. It's interesting that this word work heartily is the word for soul combined with the word out. In other words, put your whole soul into whatever you're doing as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. Ecclesiastes, the preacher, the Solomon said this, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom once you're in the grave. Your chance to pursue excellence cannot happen once you're old and gone. No regrets. No, oh, I wish I had given it my all. I wish I, had, I wish I had done better in school. I wish I had tried harder on the team. Oh, I wish I had a better work ethic. No. In fact, 1 Corinthians says this, So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. This idea of excellence, this idea of excel, comes from this word abound. And it's going to be in a whole bunch of different passages in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and the passage that we're going to look at today, Philippians. Philippians 1, just three little verses. I hope you have your Bibles. We'll see. I want you to turn there. Because when it comes to character traits, good isn't good enough. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he is going to uh, give a prayer like he normally does at the beginning of his epistle, and he's going to write them this, and it is my prayer that your love may abound, there's that word excel, more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Paul's praying for the Philippians and he's going to mention his favorite virtue. His favorite virtue is love. Paul loves love. In fact, of the over 250 times it's mentioned in the New Testament, Paul is going to write that word agape, Selfless love, more often than any other writer in the New Testament, he just loves this idea of love. In fact, if you've ever been to a modern-day wedding, chances are, and maybe even you yourself, had 1 Corinthians chapter 13 read at your wedding because Paul gives this incredible definition of what agape love looks like. But few people realize that right before he goes into this Teaching on love, he says these words, earnestly desire the greater gifts. And then he says, and I will show you a still more excellent, abounding, overflowing way. But now abide faith, hope, and love. At the end of Corinthians 13, he says these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the most excellent way. Love is the driver. 
You know that agape love, it doesn't base its decisions on motions, on mood, on what you can get out of it. It's a very selfless love. In fact, it really means that you are going to do what's in the best interest of the other person. That's true love. When you have that kind of love, you are doing agape-type love. And, and Paul basically says, it is my prayer that your agape may excel, abound more and more. You know, uh, just this week I was sharing with some people that uh, I hate it when the politicians use these words. They say, well, Islam is a peace-loving religion. I think, well, wait a second. The Bible says that Christians love. In fact, you can see the proof. Everywhere Christians go into a society, they build hospitals, they build orphanages, they raise the value of women. They continue to love people in spite of hate, in spite of bad circumstances. Everywhere Christians go, you see this agape, love in action. But when the politicians say, well, Islam is a peace-loving religion, we have over a thousand years to look at their history, and when you see where and what they do when they go into a society, they do not build hospitals. They do not build orphanages. They do not raise the value of women. In fact, most of the people that are overtaken by that religion that is not based on agape love, you see a a scattering of people. And Paul says the motivation that we Christians have to excellence, first and foremost, is that our motivator is love, agape love. And in verse 9, he says, and I pray that, that your uh, love may abound more and more. So here's the very first fill in the blank. Love is the motivation for excellence. It is what inspires us for giving God your best. Now, some people excel and they pursue excellence because their flesh is involved in it. They're going to get self-importance if they get on top. If they excel the most in their field or in their finances or in their marriage, there can be a fleshly reason why you should excel, but not for a Christian. Love is the motivation for giving God your very, very best. This word for abound It's a unique word. It means to overflow. It means abundance. It means greater than the norm. Whatever you give God should be better than the norm. Wave upon wave. It means to overflow. Notice, though, in the text, go back to the text. It says, your love, your motivator, and that you should excel in this, has to have something else in it. And you'll notice that it says, with knowledge, because love is not blind. It's not just an uncontrolled emotion. But this kind of love that you are going to have has knowledge and discernment. It's kind of interesting, this word for knowledge, gnosis. It's not the word gnosis. It is, but it's not. It has a prefix in front of it, which is the word epi, which means real knowledge. 
that you've really gotten your hands around this thing. Your mind is wrapped around it, and you have the ability to have real biblical knowledge as to what is bad, what is good, but your love can be best. You're going to need this knowledge, advanced knowledge, grabbing hold and understanding, perceiving. And then he says, not only with this biblical knowledge, but all discernment. That means you have insight. I don't want to say women's intuition, because men can have intuition, because the Holy Spirit is giving you discernment to understand the lay of the land so that you can give God your best. It has more to do with moral perception and moral discernment. But why, do, why does my love need to have knowledge and moral insight? Because if you're going to give God the, your best... You've got to figure out the difference in your life. What makes you a good father or what makes you the best father? You have to figure it out what makes you a good Sunday school worker and the best Sunday school worker. You have to figure out what makes you a good student or the very best student. In your love, you need knowledge and wisdom and discernment to figure out the difference between mediocrity, something that's good, or something that is truly the best. Jesus said this, he said, this is the greatest commandment of all. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your what? Your mind. Your love is intelligent. And if you're going to give God the very best, you have to be engaged. It will not just happen. You cannot just float along and think that you're going to be an awesome father. And at your funeral, they're going to stand up and talk about you. No, you you have to be intentional if you're going to do this. You need God's wisdom and discernment. But look at verse 10. There's a so that there. So that. Here's your motivator, love, with wisdom and discernment and perception. So that. So that you may approve what is excellent. Bounding love produces excellence because love always tries to do its best. Good isn't good enough if you haven't given it your all. And then fill in the blank too is this then. Flowing from that then, pursuing excellence produces integrity. It produces integrity. The word approves an interesting word as well. It's used in classical Greek to determine the purity of gold and silver. I remember, I'm so old, I remember when a penny was made of copper, right? Now it's some cheap alloy. It doesn't even feel like a penny, does it? You're not even motivated to pick it up because it has so little value. The word approved means that you are able to say the difference between something good in your life versus something that is the best in your life. Meant to test the quality and to verify its value, to know the difference. Good isn't good enough, folks. When God calls you to give you Give him his, your best. So Paul says, love produces or drives excellence. Excellence then produces integrity, a quality. And then in our text, not only is there a so that, there's another verb. It says, so be. So be pure 
and blameless for the day of Christ. Because of love and knowledge and discernment in God's Word, it's going to produce integrity in your life when you approve those things that are the best thing. The knowledge of good, better, and best. To be pure and blameless is to have integrity. It means to have wholeness. It means to be sound. It's funny, the word pure is is also about metal. It says there are no alloys in it. It's pure. Some of the root of that means that you actually bring whatever it is into the light. And you examine it under the light to see if it is really the best. That's the concept. When you have purity, you're able to bring it into the light and really look at it. And know that, yeah, it's pure. Man, it's beautiful. It's untouched. It's unspoiled. It's, it's the real deal. Because you cannot pursue being pure and blameless unless you know what pure and blameless is. You can't pursue excellence if you don't know what excellence is. So love produces excellence, and excellence produces integrity. Pure and blameless. And then it says in verse 11, you are filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's the next fill in the blank. All of this is built a layer upon layer. This is all flowing together, and he says, integrity produces righteous fruit through Christ. When you pursue excellence, giving your very best to God, God's going to do some amazing things in your life. That's where it gets exciting for a Christian. See, when we're mediocre... God doesn't have a lot to work with in our lives, but when we pursue whatever is excellent and whatever is best, suddenly things start happening. Some of the fruit that he's talking about is maybe it's somebody coming to Christ, and that's part of your fruit. Maybe you're the one that's going to go and build a hospital for those that need a hospital. Maybe you're the one that's going to adopt somebody into your life that you can speak truth into, but also shower them with blessing and love. Maybe that's the fruit, because the fruit could be both ways, that when you allow love to get a hold of your heart and you start giving God your very, very best, things begin to happen in your life and you begin to be fruitful. You're not doing it on your own. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. You can't say, oh, I'm going to go be fruitful for Christ on my own strength because it doesn't happen. But when you just start living a life of excellence, moral excellence, moral uh, excellence as a dad, excellence as, as, a, as a worker, excellent as uh, just going about your daily life, God starts getting the glory. In fact, that's the next fill in the blank. So the so that your life brings glory and praise to God. We can say good isn't good enough if we haven't given it our all. What does pursuing excellent actually look like in my life, in your life? Pursuing excellence, first of all, happens in your moral character. That's the next fill in the blank on what does this look like in my life. We have to pursue excellence in your moral character. It means that the pursuit of your Your moral will looks like God's will in every aspect of your life. Your values, your priorities, your thought life, your internet life, your Facebook life, your life on the the square, your life in the locker room, your life in the classroom, your life as as a worker, that you're going to not look around you and say, well, this is the standard 
No, you're going to say, I want to give God my very, very best. I want the faith of Abraham. I need the humility of Moses. I want the strength of Samson. I want and need the heart of David. I need the wisdom of Solomon. I need the Spirit. I need the love of Jesus. I need the boldness of Stephen. I need those things. And so I'm going to pursue them. My moral character. We are to abound or excel both inward and outward. So many times we we have this idea that here's sin. Pretend there's a line right here. And and here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. And here's the line of, of sin. So many times we want to give Jesus the minimum. We want to tiptoe up right to the line. We want to see how far that we can get away and still not cross the line. But the funny thing is, is when we have that motivation, if that's our motivation, pretty soon we look down and we are over the line. God is saying, excel in your moral character. Strive to be here in the center of God's will. I want men to be men. Are are you guys ready for, for godly men to be godly men again? I want godly women to be godly women. I don't want to see where the line is so I can push it all the way out to here and do the minimum that's required, the minimum of mediocrity. Oh, well, at least I'm not selling math, so I'm a better dad. Is that your standard? Is your standard what the culture is doing? Or is your standard moral excellence? Man, it is so empowering when you feel the presence of God working in your life because you're no longer looking for the edge, you're looking for the center. You don't want to know what the least is, you want to know what the best is. And you put all of your energy towards that. Your inward man, let me just ask you a personal question. Is he or she the best that they can be? Are you, are you the best right now? If you could look back all of your life and look back and say, oh, I'm the best I've been ever. Or you're able to look back and say, you know, two years ago I was actually closer to the Lord. Or two years ago I was actually a better father. Or two years ago I was actually a better provider. Or actually two years ago I was, what happened? Well, good became good enough. Good became good enough. Hey, I'm, I'm within the boundaries. No. It's dynamic. It's moving. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we are to pursue with excellence Him. Don't settle for it's good enough. Pursue it, not out of fear, but out of love. Just out of love. You want to give God your best. I believe every person in here really, truly wants to give God their best. But we get tripped up in our world. We get tripped up in our life. We get tripped up in our circumstances. And we lose focus. And you know what happens when you lose focus in the game? You lose. God says, I want your your A game. I want you to give me your best. Not only do you pursue excellence in your moral character, you pursue it in your roles. Your role as a husband, as a wife, as a son or a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, a friend, a coworker, whatever the role that you are in, pursue it with excellence. Leave it all on the field. Push hard. Hold nothing back. Be the best father. Be the best mother. Give God your very best.
And not only do you give him the best in your role, because sometimes it's tiring to be a parent. Can I hear an amen? Now, let's be fair. Kids, is it sometimes tiring to have parents? Yeah. You know what happens when you try to be the best son and the best daughter and the best mom and the best dad? God shows up. Moral excellence shows up. Moral roles show up. Godly roles show up. Do everything with excellence. Good enough is just a pathway to mediocrity. You don't want to be mediocre. That doesn't give glory to God. Shoddy work gives no glory to God. Hey, you have to sweep the kitchen floor today? Do it to your best ability. You got to go out and put up a grain bin? Do it to the best of your ability. You're going to teach a lesson? Do your best. Prepare. You're going to sing a song? Do your best. If you're going to sing a song, why don't you sing it the best you can? Doing homework? Do, do your best. Why leave it off? Why settle for good enough? You do your best. You do your best at washing a dish or doing yard work. You do your best. You know what it said of Jesus? This is what the crowd said. He does all things well. And Jesus himself said, I do all of this to please the Father. I do what I do to please the Father. Because Jesus was about giving his best. Whether it's our moral character, our rules, or our tasks, the pursuit of biblical excellence is always connected to God's values and priorities. I have that on the board for you. Actually, it will get up on the board for you. The pursuit of biblical excellence is always connected to God's values and priorities. Now, I'm going to flesh that out here in a second, but let's look at the next slide. That means you must say no or eliminate some things that get in the way of giving your best to God. Sometimes the good in your life prevents you from doing the best thing in your life. And you can say, oh, these these are good things, but they're holding you back. Sometimes we have to say no. All things are lawful, Paul said, but not everything's helpful. All things are lawful, but not everything is, is the best. Everything builds up. And so as a dad, as a mom, as a father... Or a husband and a wife, sometimes you have to say no because we get spread so thin that we don't have any area in our life that excels. We don't give God the best anywhere because we keep saying yes, 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 yes. And it says that your love has wisdom from God, biblical discernment and epignosis, knowledge, real knowledge, so that you can determine, is this the best thing? Is this the best thing for my family? Is this the best thing for for my wife? You want to be the best husband and wife and father. And when it comes to character traits, to your roles, to your tasks, good isn't good enough if you haven't given it your all. You want to be the best husband? 
What do you need to say no to right now? There's something in your life that is preventing you from being the best. There's something that you might need to eliminate. You might need to eliminate a Facebook account. You might need to eliminate some of your hobby. You may need to eliminate some of your stinking thinking. You may need to say no to something so that you can say yes to be the best for God, not for yourself. You want to be the best at your task? Sometimes you have to say no so that you can say yes. C.S. Lewis has a book. Uh, It's the end of the Chronicles of Narnia. And it's, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, and all that. But there's some really deep spiritual truths that C.S. Lewis brings out. And he says, if you want to get to the shore, if you want to get into the presence of the God, you have to go higher up and further in. Higher up and further in. Don't settle. So many Christians settle for their walk with Christ. Instead, God is calling you to excellence to do and be the best. And sometimes you have to say no. You want to have the best faith like Abraham? You want to be like Moses? You want to have the strength of Samson? You want to have a heart of David? You want to have the wisdom of Solomon? You want to have the spirit of Elijah? You want to have the love of Jesus? You want to have the boldness of Stephen? Then you're going to have to say no to those things that are good in your life so that you can say yes to the things that God is calling you to be. Do you know God has a dream for you, he, he created you with purpose, and He has a dream for your life. And when we pursue that, suddenly He is changing us into the men and women that He's always called us to be. That's a beautiful thing. You know, God gave His best. God gave us Jesus. And the least that we can do is reciprocate. That we can say, God, I want to give you my best. Love produces excellence. Excellence produces integrity. Integrity produces fruit. And fruit gives glory to God. And God is asking and calling all of us, not out of legalism, not out of compulsion, not out of fear, but love. God gave us His best that we might have life. And He asked no less of us, His adopted children, than He did of His own Son. But you need the power of Christ in you to to live that kind of life. So I'm going to ask that you stand and we're going to sing a a hymn or a song of invitation. And maybe you need to ask yourself, God, I'm not giving you my best, am I? And he may deal with you on what you need to say no to. But maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, the best of everything. And today is the day that you need to respond.